the three bids are like this. Let's say, for example, you're on the train or you're in the line at Starbucks or McDonald's or the chicken wing place. Someone next to you in line starts chit-chatting with you. What they've given you was a forward bid, a positive, welcoming interaction that invites you to carry on with them. Now you can react in those three different ways. You can engage this person. You can shy away and passively, you know, answer the question politely and just don't want to talk or you could just not reply, which would be a turn against bid. See the turn away is like the the little like, "Ha, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy." Those types of comments, but the other ones the turn against bids mean you don't want to be bothered now normally we might have this depending on where we're located you know in new york you know you might have more turn against bids than the average person who is in a car and just goes to the office every day in the southern regions of the united states where they might have more polite turn away bids so i understand that it just depends on your situation but look at those three simple terms turn away turn against and forward I got the Nick book, Franklin, yeah, baby, the Nick Franklin method. 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 One third of that comes from hard work. Two thirds comes from inheritance. Interest on interest accumulating the widows, the idiot sons, and what I do, stock and real estate speculation. In this podcast, you will hear me use the phrase or the term pairwise stability a lot. And to explain it in very simple terms, Pairwise stability, if you have a group of any amount of people, there will be pairs within those groups, different subgroups. And if there is an odd number of people in a group, one person will be left out. Now, this is called the social network theory, and uh, this is part of sociology. Now, what we do to look at this, and I want you to imagine when you were in school or high school or even now in college or at work, if you have at one point in your life been around a certain large amount of people, you notice that everyone gossips and the line of communications are very blurred like one person tells this person this it's almost like when we were kids and we played telephone the result always ends up different when the more more people that are involved in a particular group setting now when you have two people you have influence over the other individual whether you're let's say person A or person B. Now, the actual larger group 
both individually are influenced by everyone because of something called normative influence, meaning that you are a part of something bigger and desire to be a part of something bigger than yourself as as far as a group is concerned. Now, when we're friends with people, there's there's different kinds of friendships. There's there's useful friends, there's pleasurable friends, and then there are true friends. So when you confide in someone or you're around someone on a regular basis, why are you around that person? Are you getting something from this person? And and when I say getting something, I do not mean money. I mean something like information. Is this some type of mentor to you? Is there something that this person knows that you don't? Or is this just someone that you like to be around because they make you feel better about yourself? Or they make you laugh or whatever. Now, the reason I ask you this is to... we're, gonna, we're First, we're going to define what pleasurable and what true friends are and what useful friends are and we're also gonna you know touch base on why sometimes when you thought someone was your friend you find out that they weren't your friend as much as you thought they were or you felt that you were more of a another individual's friend than that individual was to you. And normally these feelings and questions come up when some type of miscommunication happens between person A and person B. Now, going back to influence, the normative influence of the group has a large influence on the miscommunication with person A and person B. Whether person c and d or person you know e and f they're always gonna pair if there's a person g in a group that person will bump someone else out the group in order to pair with someone who has influence whether normative or informative and at that point it's almost purely useful to look at how that dynamic came to be. Squaring numbers in your head. The trick. Say you have a number, x, that you want to square. First, find the difference between x and the nearest multiple of 10 and call that difference, let's say, d. Then, multiply x minus d and x plus d. This should be much easier because one of the numbers will be a multiple of 10 based on how we've defined D. After multiplying X minus D and X plus D, just add D squared and you'll have your square. Example, say you want to find the square of 77. The closest multiple of 10 is 80. So D will be 80 minus 77, which equals 3. Then 77 plus 3 equals 80, and 77 minus 3 equals 74. Multiplying these together is pretty straightforward. 74 times 80 equals 70 times 80 plus 4 times 80, which equals 5600 plus 320, 
which equals 5920. Add in the 3 square equals 9, and we get 5929 as our square of 77. Once you get the hang of this method, it's a bit quicker and easier than trying to attack 77 square head on. Really, really fast, really fast. I, I want to define time in the way that I'm going to be referring to it. Okay, a lot of people have different definitions of time, but mine is time is a measurement of change. And change is based on your decisions. So in order to make a decision or make a choice, there are some factors that are involved in that. The first is your deliberations, your thoughts. And we'll separate those into two categories. Do you think negative or do you think positive? Are you a pessimist or are you an optimist? Now, those words can be defined, but we will save those for another episode. Now, the next part is your desires. And we'll break desire down into two categories as wants versus needs. And when I say needs, we're going to definitely talk about, talk about the Maslow hierarchy of needs and what that actually is and how it is relevant in making decisions. The next part is belief. And when I say belief, we break those into two categories as what is right and what is wrong or what is good or what is bad or good or versus evil whatever way you would like to look at it so to sum it up deliberations plus desire plus belief equals choices aka decisions Here's how to calculate how long it'll take to triple your investment. Use the rule of 115. If you're more inclined to triple your investment because you're not as risk averse or perhaps your time horizon is just a tad bit further out, simply divide 115 or 110 by your growth rate. This will give you the amount of time it will take to triple your investment. Example. So if you're getting a return of 10% a year, it would take about 11 and a half years for your investment to triple in size. This works for basically the same reason the rule of 72 works, except that we're aiming to triple rather than double our initial investment. Those decisions are the cause of change over time so we can measure time by how often things are changing a quick example when you were in high school after you graduated that changed a lot about your daily routine so therefore you at that moment when you graduated high school were living in a different time because you made a decision and a choice to graduate high school even go to high school 
and the result of that is your situation inevitably changed after the projects luxury past that project luxury in the projects luxury in the projects Credit consultant, credit dash for dollars, swipe it, debits. Yeah, I said it. Plus, I've been it sub zero more free. Oh, how my risk get wholesale real estate, birth dog, get quick flip. Keep it on the hip for the hate of that trip as a dip. And I never had a list, probably like Apple Crisp. Candy paint trip in that CO. You know that's a business trip. Spit game just like a pimp with no lip, eat no shrimp. I can spat like blip off the hills, never slip. Then the finance all to the sips. Tore fabric how I rip. Oh my nine, got a tight grip. You supposed to stole that's yellow with the zips. Uh. Luxury in the projects. 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 Woo! Okay, alright, alright, alright. I got that out. So let's talk about friendship. Okay, so let's start off with a pleasurable friend. The friend that makes you laugh. The 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 friend that you say high to that you crack jokes with that you talk about sports with and they have no other relevance in your life other than pleasurable conversation about things that you both mutually like to talk about that's a pleasurable friend a useful friend is someone you come in contact with a co-worker a boss a store clerk uh for example you go to the store you buy some gummy bears you are useful to the store clerk and the store clerk is useful to you so if you are polite to one another it's not out of pleasure per se because you made a choice to go into that store and buy however you don't have to be around this person and you don't choose to be around this person because of some pleasurable conversation or pleasurable feeling. You need something from them. They need something from you. So therefore, you have a transaction that can build into a pleasurable friendship, but... It starts off as useful. So, we have true friends. Now, true friends are friends that are pleasurable and useful, but how long they are both of those things over time determine whether or not they are true friends now that is a very interesting concept because let's think about that you heard the definition that i refer to as time so what is a typical test that one person gives another to say this person was my friend and if you ask most people uh, honestly i would say it's a very very similar answer most people say that when there are 
in the down and outs or if they need something and they can call upon this person and that person was there for them, then they considered that person a true friend. You might agree. Yours might be different. I would love to hear. But my research has resulted in hearing that particular test of loyalty, should I say. Now, what happens when that person that you like to be around, oh, you gain some information from them, you know, they benefit you in your life, but they're not there when you need them. Was that person your friend the whole time? Or was that person really just using you because that's how your relationship started? Or because that person was just pleasurable and you needed them? Were they your friend because they weren't there when you called them? Yes, they were your friend. But they were your pleasurable friend. Or they were your useful friend. But they weren't both. Over a. Period of time. That has proven. The person's. Individual test. That they might administer to others. Oh. I got the wham. In the trunk. I got the wham. In the trunk. Got the wham. In the trunk. I got the wham. In the trunk. The wham is in Thank the you trunk. for listening. On the next what? episode, we'll talk about how we move through life and how will we deal with these useful friends. Are they enemies? What is an enemy? What can we do to decide how to be in life? Join us next time on the Nick Franklin Method. See you later. I got the trunk full. I got the trunk full. I got the trunk full. The trunk is full. The trunk is full. I got the trunk 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 full. I got the one.
Trump, I got